This is the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, and we're building baby's immune system in episode number 94. Welcome to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast, the tips, tools, and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth, and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hi, mamas and daddies and mamas-to-be and daddies-to-be. I hope that the past couple of weeks have been wonderful for y'all. I know that I have been MIA. We actually took a little bit of a vacation for a week, and then my next week was uh, probably one of the worst weeks that I've had in a long time. Uh, But fortunately, a lot of that is done, and things are are behind this week but going more smoothly. So I'm, uh, I'm trying to squeeze a podcast in here. And I'm, I'm hoping to get this up on iTunes for y'all any minute, so you should hopefully hear it this afternoon. And again, I apologize for that lapse, and just know that sometimes my life is a little bit crazy too. I did a, I did a class on managing motherhood just recently, and uh, and some days I feel like, you know, I'm still not doing a great job with it, but then I always go back to those principles that I taught in the class to help get things back under control, and they kind of ground me. So... I think that one of the most encouraging things to come out of all this and and what I'll share with you before we move into the topic of our podcast today is remember, even if things feel really crazy for a week or two or even for a season, and I just just really feel like my last couple years have been nuts, um, you know, you can move back into it and things can go more smoothly and you can continue to work and, uh, and continue to be positive. Maybe we'll do an episode sometime on how to be positive when you don't feel like being positive or when you feel like that's contrary to your nature. Maybe you think that, you know, you're more of an Oscar the Grouch type. That's something I've been exploring recently and it might be fun to do a podcast on. But today, let's go ahead and talk about our topic that is planned for today, which this is actually a listener request on how to build a strong immune system for your baby. And I think that this is a great, great question. Really... I feel like it it begins in pregnancy. I think that so much begins in pregnancy. I think that if you are already, you know, you've already got your baby or even you've already got your toddler, that's okay. I'm going to give you a lot of things that you can do even if you've already got your little one with you. But ideally, if you can start working on this while you're pregnant, then that's that's awesome. That's excellent. And I would definitely say do that. So it starts in pregnancy and uh, and really I I think the big thing in pregnancy is going to be your diet, and also I believe a big thing is going to be stress relief. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I do want to move into uh, to talking about baby, but one of the things that happens when you have an excellent diet in pregnancy is, is obviously you grow a, a larger, healthier, more robust baby, but the reason you can do that is because you expand your blood supply which brings nourishing blood down to the uterus, which is where the placenta is anchored. So the placenta is well-nourished, and then the placenta is able to get all that blood to the baby. So all of those things kind of waterfall cascade down to, to giving you a really robustly healthy baby. And when you're paying attention to your pregnancy diet, when you're getting everything you need to expand blood supply, which is, um, enough calories, enough protein, and salting to taste are the are the three keys for that. And I've got, again, in the shop, naturalbirthandbabycare.shop, 
com slash shop is where these classes are. I've got a class on pregnancy nutrition. If you're totally overwhelmed by this, you don't understand what, what does that mean? That's different than what my doctor said. Well, it probably is, but check out that class. It's called Perfect Prenatal Nutrition. And again, it's in the shop, naturalbirthandbabycare.com slash shop. That's also where the managing motherhood class I just mentioned is at. But anyways, um, so those are the three foundations to help build your healthy blood supply. And then, of course, uh, some of those calories, all, all I hope really all of those calories, though if you have a little bit of a treat here and there, that's okay. But they should be really nourish, nourishing and very nutrient-dense. So they're bringing you the raw materials to build your baby, which is protein, the healthy fats to build your baby's brain. Uh, and to nourish your brain, also very important. And also the, you know, the vitamins, the minerals, the micronutrients, the essential fatty acids, all of those things that are going into helping create a healthy baby. That's very important. Stress relief, I believe, is also important because it helps program your child in the womb to handle stress in a healthy way. You will never be able to be completely stress-free and your baby's life will never be completely stress-free. But you can model uh, how to let go of chronic stress, and you can model how to calm down from an acutely stressful situation. We can do a whole podcast on this if you're not sure what I'm talking about, because I could go on and on about it. But what happens to people who are chronically stressed is that it really depresses their immune system. So by, by you developing habits that help relieve stress, that help battle chronic stress and maybe remove that from your life and also help you to calm down from acutely stressful situations, which happen. That's just part of being alive. Uh, You're helping program your baby to have healthy stress responses, which helps keep his or her immune system healthier throughout life. So really that nutrition and those stress responses are two big things that you can do that nurture your baby and also nurture yourself. And that helps to build up your baby's immune system. Now moving on, So at at baby's birth, and we're actually going to talk a little bit more about some pregnancy things when I touch on some things for baby, I'll refer back to pregnancy. But at birth, um, there are some things that happen at birth with, with good bacteria and things like that, and we'll come back to that again too. But let's go ahead and move past birth and talk about breastfeeding. Breastfeeding is the best thing that you can do for your baby's immune system. It was interesting. I was at an appointment today with, uh, with my four youngest children and there was a book that was written by a lactation consultant and I don't remember exactly what the name of the book was. I thought about taking a picture of it and I really should have, but it was a book about breastfeeding and basically one of those books that's designed for older siblings to help them get ready for baby and this one was a focus on how mom's going to nurse the baby. But all throughout the entire book, instead of saying breastfeeding, I mean it said breastfeeding at the beginning, but then it said best feeding. And I actually thought that was really cute and uh, and I thought that that was a subtle and positive way to help a young child really understand that this is the optimal way to feed babies. So and there's a reason for that. It's because, it, you know, that's the way that na- nature designed it. And breastfeeding, again, really it, it optimally uh, delivers nutrition for our children and active immune boosting factors are going on in breast milk. Most of us know, and if you don't know, mom actually passes antibodies and other immune boosters through her milk to her baby. And it's not static. What I mean by that is if you're exposed to a cold you know, to cold XYZ, or you're exposed to strain of flu, um, you know, ABC, then your body actually begins to manufacture um, antibodies 
towards those particular strains and variations and whatever it is that you encounter, be it the flu or a cold or strep throat or whatever, your body goes to work with that and then that passes through to your baby. So your body is a very active uh, immune booster and immune shield almost for your baby. So breastfeeding gives your baby a great start. Breastfeeding also, um, I mean, it's going to help prime your baby's immune system. And again, we'll come back to talking about the beneficial bacteria. Breastfeeding actually directly nourishes that aspect of your baby's body too. Now, if you can't breastfeed, I know that there are some of you who are in that situation where maybe you've adopted or, uh, or you've had a breast reduction and you can't fully breastfeed or whatever the reason is. You can't breastfeed. Well, what should you do? I really feel like the best option for you in that case is going to be making a homemade raw milk formula. And I do recommend the Weston A. Price Foundation's formula if you or their recipe if you find yourself in that situation. And I can, I can link with the, with the PDF that I've got on that if that's something that you need. But again, then you're, you're getting that raw milk with those nutrients. It's not going to be customized to your baby. And yes, it's going to be whatever milk you use. So if, if we were in that situation, it would be goat milk because we have goats, but it could be cow's milk or whatever uh, you're able to get. And then obviously if you must use store-bought formula, then that's what you must use. And I would really just focus on some of the other things that I'm going to talk to you about don't think that it's the end of the world or that things are irreversible. There may be more struggles health-wise for a child who's raised on, say, commercial formula, but I don't think that those are insurmountable. And honestly, most of us who are here, me recording, most of us who are listening, we were in a place where we were raised on formula and the low-fat paranoia and uh, factory-made foods. So sometimes I think the foods when we were younger were probably a lot more nourishing because the soils weren't as depleted and industrial agriculture hadn't gotten quite as oppressive as it is now. But, you know, I mean, we grew up with what wouldn't have been considered quote-unquote perfect ideal nutrition, and most of us are very intelligent. If you're listening to this podcast, I feel relatively certain that you're very intelligent. You know, maybe I'm just trying to, uh, you know, toot my own horn by saying intelligent people listen to my podcast. But really, if you're conscious enough to to be interested in your pregnancy and in your birth and in your baby and in your toddler and your parenting skills, then you're an intelligent person. And most of us uh, were probably raised on formula just because we were a formula generation. So what we're doing is uh, is just giving our kids a head start by breastfeeding. But I don't think that if you have to formula feed, it's it's the end of the world. It's just something to be super conscious of and think, how can I compensate for the fact that I had to make this choice, which wouldn't have been my ideal, but was what needed to happen for my baby. Okay, anyways, we won't dwell on that. So once your little ones start to eat solid foods, then great nutrition f- directly for your child is going to be really, really, really important. Um, I actually had somebody contact me asking me if uh, if she might be able to be a guest on the podcast, and, and I haven't set up the interview with her yet, but hopefully this summer you guys will see it from her because it's, it sounds like she's a really great expert to have on the podcast because she deals with, with picky eaters, but one of the things that she wanted to talk about was circumventing picky eaters from the start. So what can you as a mom do when you're starting off solids with your little one to develop somebody who has a healthy relationship with food and uh, and, and enjoys a wide variety of nutrient-dense foods? So and so look for that podcast when it comes out. Like I said, I think probably early this summer I'll try and set up with her. But 
that is one of the things that you want to do is you want to introduce nutrient-dense foods right away. Don't, I would just recommend that you skip baby cereal, honestly. Um, but go with those good nutrient-dense foods like vegetables. You can do some fruits too, of course, and even meats and things like that. You want things that are really nutrient-dense, that bring a lot to the table for your baby. It can be literally stuff that you've taken off the side uh of your dish. So if you were making, say, a stir fry, you might set aside some veggies and puree those and even puree one of the meats that you're using, whether it's a chicken or a beef stir fry. And then you would serve that to your baby. You might choose to take it out before you seasoned it. I kind of like Dr. Green's perspective, which is our babies are going to be eating food the way that we season it anyways. And so we may as well give it to them seasoned. Now, Obviously, if it's super, 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 super spicy, you might want to wait on giving that super spice, but a little bit, you know, give your baby little tastes of that. Just get them used to those good flavors and get them used to those nourishing foods. And of course, if you don't feel like your diet would be considered a quote unquote nourishing diet, then look at that as you consider what you're going to feed your child and the changes you can make because that good nutrition is really going to go a long way toward giving your baby a healthy immune system. At first, solid foods are just an experiment, really. Your baby's not deriving a lot of nutrition from it. He or she is still getting most of it from your milk. But again, you're building up with baby steps, no pun intended, baby steps towards when that food will make up a large part of your baby's diet. And you want your child to be healthy, happy, and robust and getting you know those good nourishing foods to eat. Another really important thing, and this is something that I think is even more of a risk for many children today than poor nutrition, and that is get your baby outside. Get your baby exposed to the sunlight. Let your baby spend time outside and in nature. Even if you live in the midst of the city, there's often a park that you can go to or a rooftop garden that you could set up. Something to give your little one some time outside, outside in the air, unless the air quality is just really bad, and then maybe you can take some vacations into the country or weekends in the countryside type thing. But, you know, out in the air, out in the sunlight, around plants, um, watching the birds, looking at the insects and things crawling around, watching how the animals interact with the world outside. That's that's what human beings were really meant to do. We were meant to be part of our natural world. We were meant to be in this world. And now I'm like, y'all, I am as grateful for technology and things as the next person. I, I love, I'm a computer geek. I love my computer. <laughs> I love the internet. Uh, obviously, it lets me reach you, which is not something I would trade probably for much of the world. But, um, and I mean, I was I was in line to pick something up in a, in a line of vehicles, and it was really windy, and I was just thinking to myself, I'm so glad that I am here in my snug van where that wind is blowing all around, and I'm just cozy. And of course, in my house in the wintertime, I'm glad for it being cozy. In the summertime, I'm glad for fans and some, some shade from the elements. So I'm not saying, you know, you have to throw off modern life and go live in a hammock, in a tree, or even in a yurt, or anything like that. But but let your child spend time outside. Get them outside. That Just being out in nature, being out in the sun, being out in that air, having contact with the dirt. 
and and don't bundle your child in the wintertime bundle your child up but it, but when it's warm don't bundle your child up so that you know nothing from the natural world touches their skin let them experience that live in that it's just it's so important uh, and it's so much part of what our bodies were designed for plus when children are outside especially as they get bigger but I mean Sadie is 15 months old as I record this podcast y'all and it's just incredible to see how get up and go and how active she is outside. She's already starting. We've got a little kitty slide. She's already starting to climb up and slide down the slide. She'll walk and kind of trail somebody around if somebody else is outside. I mean, she's not climbing trees and stuff yet like my uh, like my four-year-old and seven-year-old are. But she's out there around them, watching them, looking at what they're doing. And, and she's just, you know, she's trying so many things. She's experimenting with so many things. She's moving. She's using her body. And, and really outside, there's a lot of freedom to do that. Um, to do that sensory exploration, that gross motor movement. All of those things are really important to our children's immune systems because that that stuff gets like the lymph flowing. We have a lymphatic system that kind of parallels our circulatory system, but there's no pump for the lymphatic system like the heart aids in the circulation of the blood. The lymph system kind of stagnates if you sit around all day. So when you move and get moving and give your child the opportunity to move, the lymph is that fluid is able to move around and do what it's supposed to do. It's a big part of the immune system. Plus that your child's body and brain and nerves and everything stay balanced. They stay the way that they're supposed to stay when when your child is out there moving. Think about like if you've read an old-fashioned book, a period novel or something, or, or even if you remember some from when you were a kid. Think about what what would the doctors always advise if somebody was sickly? They would advise move to a warmer climate where you can be outside and convalesce. Maybe not in the tropics where it's always hot, but uh, but somewhere where it was mild. And and if children had been sick, like with scarlet fever or one of those things that's always in the stories, they would they would be sick. But as soon as they were better, they would say, you know, take the child to the seaside and that sort of thing again. Because they realized the wisdom of getting out, getting in that air, getting away from being cooped up all the time. It was just, it was, it was common sense then. And now I think we've kind of lost the common sense because we're so scared of the sun and we're so scared of the dirt and oh my gosh, he might get dirty kind of thing. And we shouldn't be. It's really important to our kids that we let them do that. And that makes a nice segue um, into talking about like probiotics and things as, as being a factor. And one of the things that I really like, this is a quote from Ed Young. He wrote a National Geographic article about the microbiota and children and babies. And I love this quote. He says, raising an infant is an act of ecosystem engineering. You're not just caring for a baby, but an entire world. What he means by that is that inside your baby, there's entire what they call the microbiota. And we've talked about it quite a bit. We talked about it when we talked about morning sickness. It is basically the good bacteria or the bad bacteria because there can be bad bacteria living inside. But the good bacteria that is inside of you living essentially symbiotically within you and is very important to your body, very important to your health, very important to... Uh, 
to basically how, you know, how well you can handle things, how well you can digest your food, how well you are able to access the nutrients in your food. That good microbiota keeps your um, gastrointestinal system working well, especially the intestinal part of that. And, and most of us know that if you're constipated or have diarrhea, you're not a healthy individual. So one of the ways that we keep our children healthy is by keeping that entire gastrointestinal system online and optimally functioning. And the microbiota is super, super important to that. I mean, we see signs of poor gut health in children. Um, and, I, and I actually, again, I did a class. I've done so many classes lately, y'all. So definitely check out the shop. But I did a class called Building Babies Microbiota. And, and I talk about all of this in detail. That class is an hour long, super detailed with handouts and everything. But one of the things that I was looking at as I was um, researching for the class is what can we look at that might be signs that our babies are not optimally healthy. They may have poor gut health. Their immune system is not optimal. And signs that we often see in little children are diarrhea, constipation, or both. Um, Things like thrush, colic. It's very interesting. Um, Giving probiotics for colic does not result in instant improvement. But within two weeks in these trials that were done, the babies who were given probiotics daily for two weeks showed significant improvement in their colic symptoms over the babies who were given a control and also the babies who were given anti-gas treatments. So the probiotics were just uh, far more effective. But again, colic can be a sign. Eczema is a big, big sign. Extremely picky eaters and also just generally not healthy, not thriving. Those can all be signs of gut imbalance. And that's one of the reasons why it is so important for us to make sure that our children have good gut health. When we are looking at boosting their immune system, we want to make sure that we're that we're paying attention to that. And really, I know that when you and I grew up, we had Flintstones vitamins. Now it's all gummy vitamins are the rage. I actually do give my kids a gummy vitamin because it's an effective way for me to give them cod liver oil, which is another supplement that I think is is good for children. Um, we give a tiny amount, like a quarter teaspoon or less. I, I would say probably an eighth of a teaspoon for my really little ones, if even that much. It's, it's more like a couple drops for Sadie. but um, And we use Droppy brand of cod liver oil. But again, that, you know, I do give them a little gummy vitamin because I give them the cod liver oil first and then they know that they get the gummy vitamin after and also they want the gummy vitamins so they remind me, mama, we need our gummy vitamins, which helps a mom who's got a lot going on to remember to give the cod liver oil because that is a stipulation. You've got to have your cod liver oil. Um, But, you know, I would really say that giving the probiotic is far more important than those gummy vitamins or Flintstones vitamins or anything like that. If you must give your child a supplement every day, if you're on a strict budget, at this point, I would pick a high quality probiotic and then the cod liver oil and then and then maybe the I mean, we use a relatively inexpensive gummy vitamin because I really just think that it's worth it to spend it on those high quality supplements over the vitamins, which uh, which I'm I'm pretty sure my kids are going to get through food because we are really conscious with food. We like to eat a lot of fresh vegetables. We try and eat pastured grass fed meats, which are super high in vitamins and minerals and eggs. and, and, And obviously they get milk from our goats. So I feel like we're doing really well with the diet, but but that cod liver oil and that probiotics are giving something that they don't always give just because, you know, 
we don't have all the time. We try and do kefir and we try and do sauerkraut and that sort of stuff. But it's and and yogurt for the kids do a lot of yogurt too. But it's not always every day, and I just think that that adds that peace of mind. So if you were going to give your kid one supplement to boost their immune system, I wouldn't do the daily vitamin. I would do a daily probiotic, honestly, really. Now, during pregnancy, I said we come back to this, I would also add in a probiotic for yourself. Uh, I would go back and listen to that morning sickness podcast episode where I talk about the probiotic smoothie and everything and I would have one of those every day morning sickness or not just for your baby and there are other things that you can do with probiotics um, that I've talked about in, in previous podcast episodes but and I'll link to some of those in the show notes but again pregnancy is a time when you can really work on that because at birth your baby uh, your baby will pick up all of that stuff what happens is your baby baby's immune system is actually temporarily suppressed in the newborn stage and that allows bacteria to effectively colonize in the gut and you want it to be good bacteria so you taking in good bacteria during your pregnancy helps to make sure that happens now if you have to have an emergency cesarean section there's actually a lot of researchers who are experimenting with with for baby you know applying these good bacteria Um, directly into the mouth like putting a finger into the bacteria some uh, researchers are actually working with secretions from mom so they put gauze in the birth canal for um, like I want to say it's like a half hour to 20 minutes before the cesarean is going to happen and then they actually wipe baby's mouth with that gauze so that the baby is getting the same uh, secretions and bacteria that he or she would get if he or she had born been born vaginally so there's a lot of research going on to to does this make a difference does this make a difference and one of the benefits of that probiotic smoothie is that it's got resistant starch in it which helps to nourish the good bacteria that may otherwise have a little bit of a hard time taking hold we know that for instance if you supplement with probiotics and then stop supplementation sometimes the the colonies don't really stay maintained which is why i say during pregnancy get that resistant starch because it it gives the colonies the extra nourishment so that they may gain a better foothold and also keep taking it throughout your pregnancy so your baby gets the benefit of those good bacteria even if the effect would wear off for you if you stopped you're giving your baby a lifetime gift and then again the going back to the breastfeeding uh, is related to to this good bacteria bad bacteria type thing too because when you breastfeed your breast milk plays a huge role in developing healthy gut flora for your baby. Um, breastfed babies have a far greater ratio of healthy bacteria, and formula-fed babies actually have um, have a more malignant type of bacteria that is their main colonizer. So again, if you have to formula feed. Even if you're using the homemade formula, I would still do probiotic supplementation for sure. And then also there's very special sugars in the breast milk, kind of like that resistant starch, that specifically nourish um, the good bacteria. It's, it's like our breast milk is designed knowing that that gut, that little gut needs this nourishment. Those good gut bacteria need this nourishment. So again... Um, the probiotics are a good idea and and really you could do a probiotic powder right from birth if you're breastfeeding um, if your baby's constipated or anything like that I would definitely do it if you had antibiotics for GBS or you had a c-section or anything I would definitely do daily probiotics and for mom I think that it's a good idea anyways but uh but again so 
you know, getting those probiotics into your day. And then as your child grows, including those, I mentioned some examples for, for us, yogurt and kefir, raw aged cheeses, those are those are dairy sources of probiotic bacteria that tend to be very kid-friendly. Probiotic vegetables are good. Even with your baby, you can start to get them used to this. A lot of babies really love sauerkraut juice. You can put like a couple drops of that sour juice. And it needs to be naturally fermented, not vinegar pickling, because that's not that's not really fermentation that's not lacto fermentation so you get the flavor from the vinegar but you don't get the probiotic bacteria so make sure it's traditional lacto fermented sauerkraut or pickles but even little ones often like you know you can help them develop a taste for that good sour that is a great thing to do develop a taste for sour in your baby um now apple cider vinegar with the mother in it a couple brands in the united states are eden's eden foods and bragg's those are those are good ideas um, for for probiotics because it's still got the mother. But if we're talking about you know like processed white vinegar, apple cider vinegar from Walmart, that's not you know that's not going to have the same thing. But again, those probiotics are a great thing that are really going to go a long way. So again, things to boost your child's immune system uh, are going to be. Eat really well during pregnancy and get those probiotic foods in. Also work on that stress relief during pregnancy as much as possible because an overly stressed immune system is one that doesn't function very well. Breastfeed your baby if at all possible, even if it's only partially or even if it's only for a period of time. But ideally, you're going to be able to nurse your baby up through the first year and even beyond because your baby continues to get those immune benefits. And... uh, Focus on great nutrition for your baby. Focus on probiotics for your baby. Again, I I really believe that's the most important supplement you can give your baby, even over a vitamin or vitamin D drops or any of those other things that are controversial. And we can talk about in another episode. But I believe that probiotic powder is a really, really good idea. As soon as you're ready to start giving your baby daily supplements, a drop of cod liver oil or something like that, do the probiotic as well. Get your little one outside. Get your little one in the sunlight. Let them spend time outside. Give your child opportunity for movement, opportunity for climbing, gross motor movement. Even if you can't let them do that outside extensively because of weather or location, try and find a place where they can do that inside. And then again, the probiotics. Do those probiotics. Develop a taste for those sour foods in your little one because that's that's the probiotic foods, which I think is one of the reasons why humans often find sour to be pleasant. So those are all some thoughts that can help your child. Now, there are other things that are going to be issues. Um, you know, there, there are lots of studies. There are studies that are like stay-at-home kids are healthier, and then there are studies that are like daycare kids are healthier because they're exposed to more and really I believe that your child care choices are yours so we're not going to go into that you make the choice that you need to to make but these things are fundamental foundational things that you can focus on for your little one to help build his or her immune system one more thing that's really good for the immune system uh, it's good for your immune system and babies and this kind of goes back to the stress relief is to work on laughing and enjoying and being joyful and grateful. Evidence shows that people who can laugh and who are grateful have a stronger immune system and the benefits to to teaching your baby that uh, are so great. So great. So 
have that happy personality, have that cheerful personality, uh, even if you don't feel like it's natural. Like I said, we could do a podcast on this, but but work on laughing, work on enjoying, and that makes you healthier, that makes your child healthier, and that sets everybody up overall for just a healthier, happier life. So that is a great gift to give your baby. Okay, with that, we are going to wrap up this week's podcast episode. I will look forward to talking to you next week. We're going to talk about induction some, and we're going to talk about why you are really and truly in charge. Uh, But in the meantime, enjoy this episode. Check out the things in the show notes. Definitely head over to the shop. I mentioned a few classes this week. I've done a lot of classes lately. We've got all of those up in the shop right now, so you can check them out. The Managing Motherhood class, the Building Baby microbiota class. Um, there are just so many there. The the pregnancy nutrition class that are going to help you out with parenting your little one. Or if you want to get all of the classes right away and have access to, I do three or four new classes a month, get access to all the new classes as they come out. The Smart Mama Happy Baby membership might be an option for you. So you can check the classes out individually in the shop, naturalbirthandbabycare.com shop slash shop, kind of a la carte there. Or if you want to get access to all classes, which is like 23 or 24 classes at this point, right off the bat, then check out the Smart Mama Happy Baby membership at smartmamahappybaby.com. Also, please feel free to leave me a rating in Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, I would love to have some ratings in the Google Play Podcast Store now that that's launched. You can find the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast there in Google Play Music and the podcast section. I would love to have some ratings. When you leave ratings and feedback, it lets me know what I'm doing right. It lets me know what I can improve on. And most of all, it helps other families find the podcast, which I really appreciate and I think will really bless them. So take a minute and leave a rating or a comment. I'll really appreciate it, and a lot of families will benefit from it. With that, I will talk to you next week and hope that you have a blessed week. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby, and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.